the Thick Boy Fight Club. I'm your Balkan boy. Tyson the Beast. And our guest today is Adam DeFreitas, professional MMA fighter, uh, law enforcement, um, and just an all-around cool dude. Appreciate it. <laughs> Appreciate it. All-around cool dude. Uh, but first, let's get started with the Thick Boy uh, restaurant shout-out. I'm going to go with this new place I just found that um, I just fed us with, uh, Chard. It's uh, um, the guys are, it's a father and son from Tanzania. So it's like East African. It's pretty much just at the spot for protein. They just do grilled meats and they got uh, mogu, they call it. It's cassava and waffle fries. Uh, They make some fire uh, short ribs. So uh, they're like on uh, Rathburn and Tompkin. So in Mississauga, Chard, it's called. Yeah, the gym. Uh, My is my new favorite restaurant. Uh, La Castile <laughs> off Dundas of 427. Uh, it's like a steak restaurant right there in Saga, right across from the uh, Walmart, Costco area. Me and Boyan went there last week. Uh, they have this platter. It's like filet mignon, king crab, lobster, scallop, shrimp. What else? You get Everything was huge on It there. was ridiculous. I'm not going to say how much it think, costs, but I think I'm going Tyson, back. I think Tyson was dreaming about this place for the last few nights. Oh, every night, out. I'm every going time back. We're he goes to sleep. So, like three times already. So. Oh, it's a wrap. <laughs> We're going to bring you there after one of your fights once you make you know, a proper weight. He'll be here. <laughs> I know about making weight. I know it's going to... Wait, it's been two minutes already getting the fucking making weight. We're talking about food. That's my spot. What's your... Uh... Uh, my shout out, there's a restaurant in uh, Hamilton called uh, Bean Bar. Bean uh, Bar. Yeah. The, their menu's all over the place, but they got like... Uh, it's called a Date Ender Burger. It's a big old burger with gorgonzola cheese, fried onions, fried garlic. This guy loves his burgers. I love my burgers. So we had a five guys talk earlier. So, but yeah, love my burgers. So yeah, Bean Bar in Hamilton. It's uh, close to McMaster University. Nice. Well, we love uh, shouting out all these restaurants and all the other sponsors that support us. Top Mud Studios. So number one, Top Mud Studios, of course. Kangen Water, Kimura Wear, Just for Kicks, uh, Gas Dank, Major Pack, Beard Bites, Clinch Culture. Blessed Edibles. Who else? Uh, Spores. Spores Bars. Spores Bars. What else? Like, we got so much love. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. If we forgot, don't worry. We'll, we'll get you on the next one. But um, so, yeah, let's get into it. So, Clinch uh, culture. Yeah, he said it. He said it. Got it. So, Adam, you're, uh, we just finished training. Um, so, guys don't know you're a professional uh, mixed martial artist. Just kind of tell people about your like journey, how you ended up becoming a fighter and getting oh. into law enforcement. And the, fighting, the typical origin story. Fighting, I straight up was a mouthpiece and I got my ass kicked prom weekend it was sega beach by a blue belt in brazilian jiu-jitsu and like i mean fucking dummied <laughs> like i went to throw an overhand he shot a double slamming on my fucking head in the sand didn't even punch me open palm slapped the shit out of me <laughs> and then uh went to break my arm and i screamed and and, and i fucking screamed <laughs> and he let me go instead of snapping it and i stood up i shook his hand and asked him what the fuck i didn't even know what brazilian jiu-jitsu was then didn't know Really watched UFC shit and knew nothing. And uh, I asked him where he trained, and he trained close to me, and I started training the next weekend. Bro. You gotta love that story. I actually, I'll, I'll That's try one to of find the best it. origin stories. That I've is ever one heard. of the best origin stories I've oh, ever yeah. heard. And I, I was a, one of those, like, you know, those tough, scrawny kids <laughs> who thought I was tough, you know, been in a few scraps, right? Because uh, I had like a 10 foot reach. You catch really them when do. they're not looking. <laughs> I, I, I've caught that reach before. But yeah. I actually have a picture because my boys are like that, where it's like if it's a one on one fight, they're cool with Run it. it. Their name, they ain't going to jump Shoot in. Shoot the fade, man. But they'll take pictures. <laughs> so my buddy's got a perfect picture of me in a full-blown armbar. I'm pretty sure there's a fucking tear running down my face in the picture. Sand all in my face and shit. So I'll show you that. It's probably it's somewhere on my Instagram, man. But I would then, like frame that, my friend. That yeah. is an amazing I would change, 
Best thing that ever happened in my life. Yeah. Best thing that ever happened. Um, and then I started training Scott Schilling all the way to brown belt. Shout out Scott Schilling. Yeah, Scott, Scott Schilling made me a conspiracy master. Made me a killer. Um, he his his old he was old school jujitsu man like blast double get on top break a limb. Choke yeah, him this off. is where the, this is where this guy trained as well. Yeah. Oh wow. He quit. He quit. That guy. I can't remember his name. I remember his last name was Keller. Isn't that ironic? Yeah. He, he quit. Yeah. He ended up quitting, doing some other sport, but um. Yeah, Schilling made it, made me a killer man, and then jiu-jitsu tournament after that, and lots of those, and then got an MMA and started training with uh, Crew Gerald and Mafa, and then yeah. made my way to Parabellum, and yeah, Parabellum, lots of man. amateur fights, and yeah, yeah, your your proof of sticking with it is how you get a black belt. That's how you get to masterful. Is like that. That's like a proof. I know so many guys that start before me that are like the reason I'm even as good, and they stopped years ago. And now the MMA is what it is, and jiu-jitsu is what it is. Do you know how many of these guys would have loved to have been a black belt ten years ago? You know, it wasn't as big of a deal. There wasn't as many opportunities. Now, so how long have you been training? Fuck, I think since 2007. Man, wow. I didn't throw my first punch. 14 years as an MMA fighter until I was a brown belt. But it didn't do anything like that. Yeah. I did some sport jujitsu where they did punching, where, kicking. Where was your first fight? Your first amateur fight. First amateur fight was Cask, the Cask. Toronto Pro Show. Okay. And then I dummied the guy with a head kick, drop punches, then mount the triangle. Oh, that's but then they tried to, uh, I'm pretty sure there was some talk about not, they, after that fight, they had some talks about not allowing high level grapplers into like it's an amateur fight, right? And I was a brown belt when I entered it. The guy had nothing for me on the ground, right? So, but I did. Two fights for Cask. But no, they did Grand Prix style too. Oh, so you had to keep fighting? Yeah, that's Well, not school. that one. That one, there wasn't enough division. It was just me and him. But the second one, I fought Kyron. Yeah, the homie. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Another Shout out boy. to Kyron because that guy's a fucking killer. Yep. But uh, uh, me and him fought each Canada, other. Yeah. I'm pretty sure like 188 pounds. And then after he... I beat him, but he beat the shit out of me. I won on takedowns. Uh, Wrestling could, is king. I couldn't. Not even my dog shit half judo wrestling <laughs> doesn't matter yeah it was better it was than all his. that's all it had yeah, to be it was all takedowns but um i fought him he beat the shit out of me and then i had to fight some giant russian dude like 45 minutes after that <laughs> some giant russian Vlad. Uh, and thank god i mounted triangled him in like 30 seconds or else i was in trouble too but, yeah. so that, that's actually an irony because we've been talking about uh you know fighting we trained it in your Feel a little thick. So our boy Kyron's actually gonna be dropping down to fifty five. I don't know if you. I don't know if I'm breaking new news. I know he told a few people. Yeah. Um, oh, he's posted it. So he's you posted. you actually uh, fight one fifty five as well. So like, um, yeah. You know, no matter what you guys like to say, <laughs> I fight at one fifty five. No, you, my I've never heard you not make weight. I mean, like you've always been up. Like I've had so many fucking guys not make weight or not show up. I'm. That's one thing you will not see me do. Yeah. yeah. I will not miss. I've weight. seen you look like death. All jokes aside, I know I give you shit, but like you got to respect something. Like, you still made it. Hey, you play like a man. You pay like a man, right? I, like at least you, I know guys who get big, and you know if they don't make weight, I don't have as much respect for you. You at least you're you're willing to suffer. My for last your, fight for, for Ace was supposed to be a title fight. Remember, was it uh, Eric Sandy? He showed up ten pounds overweight for yeah. a title fight. And that's how long I've <laughs> known Adam. Crazy. Yeah, we've been doing I, it a lot. Uh, I used to match make. Uh, for ace fights yeah, as you remember I saw you fight at uh, Nashville Adam, That's the Adam was one of the first fighters and he was actually the face of ace fights we actually used him to promote the whole show oh, you, you guys know, made me feel brand. like a stud yeah I remember and, that slick uh, triangle he was our lightweight like, champion he beat Patrick Connors um, on that show yeah. he, um, Eric Sandy I remember that 10 pounds overweight yeah. you know he had a really amazing amateur run to the point where it made it really hard for you to get pro fights yeah because <laughs> they tried BTC tried to look people what was that fucking goof uh, Duncan Henry or Henry Duncan he would know. Yeah, it's like a regional 
He journeyman. I probably I've said this. I said this story a million times, but he two weeks notice backed out of the first time, but then asked to fight me again a second time. I did another full fight camp. These are two two fight camps in a row. He showed up the weigh-ins an hour late, tw- almost twenty pounds overweight. He was like seventeen point eight pounds overweight, and the commission wouldn't allow us to fight. What is and the Adam point? was still down to fight him. Oh, I would have well, fought. After him. that, you feel like a and killer. then still had the nerve when I uh, lost to Zachary Powell. Private messaged me talking shit, saying that he wished he fought me. He would have crushed me because I played too much rubber girl. Yeah, but that guy doesn't have. He, oh, you you oh, come oh, seventeen he's... pounds overweight. You're not even like you're. So when did your when did your pro career start? When did you get manage to get your first pro fight? Because with Jamie, well, that was in Windsor, and that was like. Three years ago, not even. And you were trying to go pro for probably the last five years, no longer. Yeah, uh, two years of nonstop no shows, cancellation. BTC. Exactly what happened to me. BTC, I was but you were like, you fights. were what as an amateur? Six and one or something like that? Six and oh? Uh, seven and one. Seven and one. Like, it, had all submissions. Camp, it had a lot to do with his camp where yeah. he's from. You were from a top camp. Parabellum, you know I mean? baby. Parabellum. Parabellum. Yeah. Yeah. Guys didn't want that yeah. smoke. Yeah, yeah. so... So, like, talk about the difference now, because um, me and him talk about this all the time. And obviously now with what's going on, it's a little different, Canada. But, like, the difference between back then, it was hard to get a fight to where now there's so many more opportunities. People are able to travel. Like, talk about the difference between what... Because you know, that's why a lot of guys end up stopping years ago that around our age, back in our things, because it's just the opportunities weren't there. So okay. talk about what it's like now where, you know, you were able to fight in the States. You've been able to fight here in Toronto. Like, what? how does it feel to see the transition of, of opportunities? The biggest thing I could say for guys is, like... If they like, if get proper management. I mean, if hey, you got, if you got man. hookups, that's one thing. If you're like, if you're in the industry, that's one thing, right? Like, boy, you don't you you don't strike me as a guy that needs a manager. You've you're well connected. You know all the you've been yeah, part of the show. That's through a lot of trial and error. No, I understand that. But I, mean, I, I, wish, I you, wish I had good management when I was coming up. You need that. a good manager. Now I've you got, have a management team almost. Right. Yeah. You, yeah. you, you a need a manager. Man. You need someone looking out for you. You need someone who's not just your coach is also your manager because your coach might be an amazing. Just because you're an amazing coach doesn't mean you're a good man. Manager, Bingo. Right? So uh, I got on with Pat, Pat Wilson, and he, he's he been right with Rise Management. He's he's awesome, man. I've heard good things, yeah. Yeah, right? So he's been – he gets me the fights and then that – You need the, to take the right fights. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I felt like I, – I feel like in my program, I've fought all killers right now. It's not doing me any favors. But I also feel because of my amateur career, I didn't really have much of a – A choice. Choice, but – How many pro fights we have, we're at now? Two and three, one? just three. Three, right? Yeah. So um, – so the Not question that I want I'm, easier fights, but it's like I'm fighting like like Zachary Powell's. And, yeah, tough you know, guys. Shout right? to Ten years younger than me, all killers, right? What it, and it, I mean, it all depends what you want tough in your guy career. In that that guy you fought was a tough guy. And I still, I still, I know. I think you beat him. I think I won, but. That's a win on it's, cl- it's, a, it's close enough where I'm not I mean, we all argue. have lofty dreams with fighting. All three of us want to be in the UFC. But, you know, fighting's given us a lot regardless, even if even if that never happens for us. I mean, look I how think it's given me more than what a lot of UFC fighters got. Like you said, that was the best day that ever happened to you pretty much when you got beat up on the beach. I mean, think about how you transitioned to law enforcement. Would you have even done that if you didn't have martial arts training? No, I was going to go to Guelph University for environmental engineering. <laughs> you watershed, wa- watershed treatment. You'd have been a vegan. <laughs> yeah. You'd have yeah. been a vegan. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us more about that. Like how? Uh, like it just changed everything. I was a super science guy, but I just love. You guys all know it. I mean, all the different martial arts with Muay Thai, boxing, but there's something special about Brazilian Jiu Jitsu with your ability science. to handle conflict, man, and your your comfortability in conflict, yeah. like, and you've you, gotten to love violence. Like, yeah, I, I love I you. love the ability to control violence. You know what I mean? Like, there's 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 something to be said about like a guy. Like, you're not a big guy, but I doubt in all of your bouncing, all your private security, 
I'm sure you've been nervous sometimes, but there's never been a guy that's been causing issues where you're like, that guy's too big. Fuck this. Let him do whatever he wants. Right. Like there's, there's an ability to control another individual with Brazilian Jiu Jitsu that doesn't happen with, with other martial arts. Like, cause one, you don't have to beat him up. Ask you don't Joe have to Schoen. beat him up. Right. I just, <laughs> I just love the calmness it gives you. That's what I mean. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I'm even surprised at myself sometimes at how little like my heart rate jumps or my adrenaline even spikes when in a stressful situation. situation or a violent situation because it just feels more, um, more comfortable just because I've done it so many times. And when you're slapping cuffs on a guy, it's this double thing where it's like on camera, you look great. You're not punching him. You're not kneeing him. You're literally doing a figure four Kimura lock, putting his hand behind his back. But also what people don't realize is that hurts twice as much and they're gonna as stop. eating shots. But then they realize, <laughs> right? like, oh, this guy can so, hurt me. That's another so reason. This you, can thing break where your, like, you can dislocate his shoulder. You I can, can take his arm yeah, home with you. guy's going to be wiping his ass with his wrong hand. They're more likely yeah. to stop when they realize, like, oh, this guy 100%. could hurt me if he really wanted to. Anytime, I've never put hand restraints on someone without using the Kimura lock first. I, yep. Same. And I'm talking non-compliant offenders. I've never put handcuffs on someone without using the Kimura lock first because it is the safest, best control. For everybody. It, it doesn't is, hurt yeah. me and it doesn't hurt them, but it doesn't hurt them when I mean I mean long-term. There's no it lets injury. them know, though, you but could. But they know immediately when that Kimura is on, if I don't allow this guy to put cuffs on me, it's about to be bad. I am not going to own this arm anymore. So that's jiu-jitsu is amazing for that. Well, There's yeah, no I, other martial I, art that does that. I put that. the Kimura on standing in, in those bouncing situations. If guys don't know, what, guys they're don't know doing, what you're doing. What they're doing. I've used yeah. it so many times to just even throw a guy out, put a guy down. And at the few times we've cuffed people for, for like citizen's arrest yeah. or the police show up. It's always Kimura grip. And weapons retention, man. Guy's got a knife or, or, I mean, obviously, jiu-jitsu. There's no, there's no martial arts going to teach you how to really deal with a gun. But if I have to have it's one martial art to best. deal with a gun, it's Brazilian jiu-jitsu. By far the best. Because it's just based on limb, limb control. Yeah, and knife. like Knife, same yeah, thing, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Right? Well, did you see the Joe Schilling incident? Where he yeah, knocked yeah. So think about that and compare it to the Matt Serra incident. One went viral and was funny. The guy got good attention. The other guy, he was way more belligerent. Joe Schilling, because he's a, he's a striker, Muay Thai guy, his only reaction was to knock the guy and the Ryan Hall video. Out. The Ryan Hall video. Yeah. Ryan like, Hall, at a dinner, they watched that. There's an old Ryan Hall video where there's a belligerent drunk guy causing problems, and Ryan Hall literally takes him down, mounts him, holds his arms down, tells the guy to calm down, gets them to call yeah. the police. He's able to do lots of stuff yep. just with yep. jiu-jitsu. Yep. But yeah, the Shilling, I Joe mean, there's other variables to the Shilling thing, obviously. For, yeah, he has all kinds of shit coming down on him now, and like... It's Scott like, Schilling actually watched me uh, cho- choke out a guy who was like 6'5", this huge Polish guy. I had to literally jump on the stairs. You told me that story all the time. I had to jump on the stairs to reach his neck because he was so tall. So I had to like get like a little like a alley-oop, you know? And then and then I jumped on his back and just choked him and he fell over like a like tree. Timber. And I'm like, man, I could never have done this without the power of jiu-jitsu. No, 100%. You know? Uh, it sucks with chokeholds with all law enforcement they're all illegal they're yep. your lateral vascular it's a neck restraints you got, it's, yeah, but it's, it's, it's also, you gotta be careful yeah, i also moment, understand that there's people yeah, that i i wouldn't want in a high stress situation choking some choking. guy that's there's got three months of jujitsu yeah. training putting yeah. me in a l like a rinic you gotta really it's case sensitive training. you can have someone so fragile you can't be squeezing on their neck you could kill them like this do you know what i mean well, you like don't you have to it's case you have to or like, not taking care of them when they go unconscious it's very rare yeah. where if you're the better guy grappling even in a, a violent situation where you have to choke a guy it's very rare the guy I, usually has to have some type of overly overt in power. all forms of law enforcement if you apply a chokehold you need to be able to prove that 
you feared for, for your, your life. life. Yeah, and I just I don't see the reason. I'll to just always say that, and then I've even cradled their head after I, yeah. after they get Dude, choked out and put them funny. gently on the ground. At your size, six five, nobody's gonna argue that you fear for your life. If, like, and that's not to be funny. For yeah. him, I think it's probably a little different, right? Like, yeah, well, they'll, they'll also take into account your training and stuff like that. Guy, you're you know you're you're big guy right now. And but so, jujitsu is a superpower. I've I've sat on a guy on mountain, ID'd people while the police come like at the door of a of a of a bar. Like jujitsu is you're right. I have way more fun. Boxing, I, I, I like. I enjoy. I actually have more fun. I enjoy boxing and Muay Thai more, like sparring. Cause fun. But jujitsu is hands down the best thing that ever happened in my life. It is. It is a superpower, man. It's chess. It's a superpower. It's chess with your body. To an untrained person, you can end their life at will anytime you want. You can control their body at will. Whatever you touch on them is yours. It's it's a superpower. Yeah, you don't have to knock them out either. You can hurt them and God, they be you conscious. Become, and know what's happening the entire a Jedi. time. You no, you humble know. people way more with jujitsu. If you knock somebody out, they can not even remember it. You beat a guy with jujitsu, they know that they're like it's understood. They'll come and apologize you are the better man. to you yeah. after. It is up, like that situation happened to you. If the guy would have just knocked you out, you just took it as another like a knockout, whatever. And I you kept drinking and slaying. You would never would have looked at the same. When I got when I did when I got my ass right. at the Wasega Beach, I've never felt more helpless in my yeah. life. Yeah. Getting knocked out, somebody beats you up with a punch and you're drunk, you're not going to respect it the same. we've all rolled with really good black belts where it does feel like you're drowning. Or it yeah. feels like there's nothing. Yeah, but when you just have problem. no concept, when you literally have no concept, when you don't even know what amount is, when you just, you know, you're used to, if, you, if your back hits the ground, you're waiting for punches. This guy slipped a mount on me, which, oh, I was pushing off. I'm like, just his ability to ride my, my me pushing him off, trying to push him off. I've never felt more helpless in my life. I I I I was smart enough to know him with the halfway through that that like if this guy wants to kill me he can kill me and you yeah. just caught up and shook his hand yeah yeah, yeah. Dude, guy knock you out you're gonna go back after him. like lucky punch let's run it back like yeah. it's true I've, it happens guys get knocked out and don't respect what happened to him when it happens to you like that you have to just respect this man is is more dangerous than me there's nothing around it. So yeah. like, it's like I allowed you to live. Like when you choke somebody yeah. or you have an arm, it's like your your arm's not broken because I allowed it. I told you a story about dude security where you, I've choked a guy out and he didn't know it was me. And then after like I like helped him up and like played it off like – I've heard stories of that. You guys like they, I was like there's no reason to let him know it was me. Like at this point, like why would I let him know? Yeah. Choke a guy and unconscious. Like, choke a guy unconscious, help him up go, bro, yeah, you okay, man? Did you see what happened to you? You should go home, man. Thanks, bro. Yeah, Thanks. like it was, he had no idea it was me. It was hilarious and everyone was like happy after. Nobody was embarrassed. Like it was. I've also seen again, what we talk about, I've seen a guy do a chokehold. What was the bar? Right around square one. Anko? Anko. <laughs> guy, bouncer choked the gun, and the guy wasn't even asking for it. The bouncer took his phone. Because he, he said he was Neelan. filming inside. It's Neilan. Took his phone. Oh, you know you're not supposed yeah. to say. It. Took his phone. <laughs> no, Neil, I'll tell you. No, but I, I, was, I was with my security buddies and I was with a couple guys that trained jiu-jitsu. I was out in the front. This guy snuck up behind him, put him in a chokehold. The guy's tapping, choked him unconscious, <laughs> and then let him go. And I've never heard a skull hit smell like that before oh, in my that's life. Not that same story. That's not cool. That's not the same And I literally looked, up, I looked at my buddy Robo and I was like, let's get out of here because this guy just died. <laughs> It sounded like a ho- like hollow, bo- like a like it was yeah. it was it actually made me sick to my stomach. But that's when we talk about what maybe not everyone should be. Well, that's why it's scary when you knock somebody out too. Like yeah. that's what the scary like it's easy yeah, man. That's what, I, scary. That's what I fear about not knocking somebody out too. Is like it's not you knocking them out; it's their, their head, head hitting the floor. I would even be comfortable in terms of law enforcement security if there was just don't even talk about Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. If you just put emphasis on the Kimura lock and how to use the Kimura lock. And the little 
the little movements around and the little controls there. If if they put ninety percent of their effort in that type of ground control, I'd be cool with them even skipping all the chokeholds and. It arm. is mind blowing that it hasn't been like the UFC yeah. is the one that you don't need to be putting knees on necks if you do the Kimura. Yeah, it's baffling that this hasn't been transitioned at least in the states. Like at this point, how who doesn't know? I think we talk a lot often about. Yeah, we how do, but it's it's blowing. When it comes it to law enforcement, you have to understand that there are any type of use of force guidelines they use. They're not. It's not. Its effectiveness is not the priority. It's liability coverages. There, everything is, and this is Good not, point. and this is everything. So tasing is, somebody would make more sense. Hmm? Would tasing somebody make more sense than just skipping that use of force and going straight to like, you know, tasing somebody or something? like? It's how a, do they judge that? It's this multi pronged thing. One, every law enforcement agency in the country is dumbing down. It's I don't want to say dumbing down. It's dropping its physical standards because they can't get physically fit people to apply yeah, so they're dropping their true. standards the problem with that is your so physical military. fitness directly correlates with your ability to physically control an uncompliant individual and put handcuffs on them without hurting them when you start getting in the taser stuff like that all the, all the use of force stuff it's all about liability you can use a more effective technique but if that technique is not taught in their guidelines the organization that hired you is not gonna, liable is for any of the injury. Now, if you used a straight, again, I can't think of, I've, I've been in the use of force industry for a while. I've, I've worked with a lot of different programs. 90% of it is liability coverage and garbage. That stuff that you know as a fighter, I can't even do as a fighter to somebody, let alone someone who doesn't fight or is even physically fit, <laughs> right? So the taser is the go-to, I guess, in that regard, because it's technically non-lethal and... People aren't physically fit to do the job. But same issue with the tasers, the way they drop. But I, ta- I think a taser holds just as much risk of hurting or killing someone as a choke. I would say yeah. it's like a punch to me. I look at that the same thing. I mean, you, you see the way people stiffen up and fall when you get tased? Like, that's yeah. Not, I don't wanna... like, I mean, there's risks. If people have health issues, like, you're tasing them. There's always risk, but then, you like, I mean, there's always that liability towards, like, well, if the person has a heart condition, what are they doing fighting the police to begin with? <laughs> right? Yeah, but fighting the police, you probably not as, a, as, a, poli- as, a, as an officer, as police, a correctional officer, private security, whatever, it's like, it's not my job. To, to know, know your health condition. your medical conditions. If you're not following the rules or whatever the rules is, like uh, I'm not trying to argue for that. No, unless but, you're actually trying to be killed by an officer, you are you have right? a death wish by fighting just to get like you're not actually gonna get away. It's very rare where you fight off a couple cops and get away. It's like that should go Ta- viral. It's but not, a taser you're not in the right state mentally. I know people. stories of guys that fight cops and they just end up getting tased. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But ta- a taser is technically I'd rather someone tase me than shoot me. And a taser is supposed to be a taser supposed to be that step before being shot. Now, if you're, what happens is if you've you've got a hundred and ten pound officer who, literally, their hobby is watching Netflix and they don't work out, let alone train fighting, they may be inclined like shit. I I can't do anything to this guy. I'm going to pull my taser out. Yeah, but for a guy like me, a ta- if I'm pulling my taser out, it's you because be you're three hundred pounds and you've got a weapon. And all yeah, that like shit. You're feeling right? way more. You feel you're it, right? a real threat. I, I believe that. I don't think you would do that unless it was somebody who's a uh... right. So it, it really comes down to that. There's there really is no combat training, and if it is, you get maybe a couple weeks of it when you get hired, and then you get like two hours a year of use of force training, and then half of that is paperwork, legal liability stuff. Right? Like it's not. You can't expect these guys. Yeah. Right, but like uh, I, I agree with you. A taser is dangerous as shit. 
just let alone you just you seize up and hit your head on the cement, right? Hit it the wrong way. But if I have to choose between getting a few rounds dead center mass to my chest and eating the taser, I'll take the taser. It's just Facts. maybe what your problem is is tasers being used well before they need to be used. Yeah. But that's because you have a good understanding of body control techniques. You're a fighter. You understand all these 90%. But I've always been a big advocate that like – there would be less deaths and less injuries if law enforcement trained more jujitsu. Well, we've been saying this forever. We have this I mean, conversation again, with Luke. Always, this comes down to the liability of it. All the techniques in jujitsu are not. What's an armbar intended to do? To dislocate your elbow. Dislocate an arm. That's not policing. That's not law enforcement. You 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 get taught that technique as a law enforcement officer, and you break someone's arm. That person's civilly soon. And especially with a lot of these places in the states now, they're taking away the. Um, uh, Immunity from police officers. Well, you know what the irony of this conversation is? Is like white belt level control minus the submission is what you usually... A Kamor lock is not something you learn it's super long and advanced into jiu-jitsu. No, like, that's, you can learn that on yeah. the first two days and that's master like the first, Actually, that's like one of the first techniques I do. It's, it's, like it's such narrative. a basic level that you could offer to officers that would help that that's why it's so confusing. And it's it's money, not, you don't have though. to teach somebody to do armbar. One of the first techniques but I do is Do I'll talk about defunding... I'm not saying you guys that, but I'll talk about defunding the police... Has anyone said, hey, let's put more money specifically into, tra- into training? Totally agree. It's I've not been, cheap. I've been saying this for it's years. It's not cheap. There's You're a not few get good officers if you hire for them for there's cheaper. There's guys like, you can the get Gracie, to do it for the Gracie free. Academy. <laughs> there's guys that will do it for free. But it needs, Just to, be, a photo but, but it needs Just, to be certified instructors that go through, that, that get with these boards and make sure that they discuss what parts of the curriculum are we liable, able to do you all could, that kind of? You jazz. could literally find brother within like your gap. organization a police officer or a law enforcement officer who's probably a black belt and I, probably qualified. That to right teach. An extension and business. then they literally wouldn't even need to like. There's just the resources are there. They just don't want to use them. Let's well, they got to pay for it. You know? No, but you know what's funny? Do, I like you said, that's not expensive. Are enough jujitsu guys expensive. being business minded and, and seeking it? Right? Like, that's another thing. Like, are people going in? Because I, like, for instance, we work with Beat the Streets, Neil. These are people who, it's wrestling, and look at all the government funding things they do. So this is something that maybe, I just think it's silly because, like, you go to the gun range to practice how to use your firearm as a They barely do that. You know, that's, you know what I mean? Like, that's not on them. That's not on them. That is. They need you. That's not on the officers. I I promise you. I know a lot about, and obviously there's some bad officers. There's some badasses, yeah. But there's bad security. There's bad everything. Like that security guard saw choke a guy and drop his head. He didn't, he he wanted to hurt that guy. Yeah. There's all these officers have families and shit too. It's not, a lot of them are too busy to just out of their own time, go to jujitsu. If you want officers to know jujitsu, then it has to be part of their paid fucking time. Time. Yeah, I agree. Right. But, but But don't you get paid for range time? Don't you get paid to go to the range? They they get your most use of forces. And I'm not, I'm I'm, I'm talking in generalities, but you get, you get recertified once a year, sometimes once every two years, it's one shift. And that includes all grounding techniques, all handcuffing, all wow. your legal verbatim spit out the legal case law bullshit, all your all the laws and all the rules so that you also have the legal framework to do what you're doing. Most guys don't even get a full shift to do that once a year. Man, wow. I do my first aid more often than that. That's crazy. <laughs> right? Well, thank God we have um, – you know, it sounds like we need more officers like you because, like I said, this is a conversation we keep running into with guys. Who are I've never heard – I've never really hurt – I don't even think – I can't even recall ever even punching an offender. Good. I ground him. 
Yeah. I, Seriously, the same no, way. it's better for you too. I'm as the a fighter, you don't need to be breaking your, your hands. hands break, it's hands break, and it just sucks. looks dog shit. It looks terrible on camera. I never throw strikes. Yeah. I never throw strikes. Well, like even like uh, they'll teach uh, throwing strikes to the bicep when when a guy won't give up his hands. <laughs> on camera, that looks fucking brutal. Right angle, that looks like you're feeding him shots. Would you know what also gets you good arm control? A nice fucking Kimura lock. Yeah. So, so when, like, I know you were talking about possibly fighting September. Before we wrap up, like, uh, when can people expect to see you fight again? Because I know we're we're excited to see you get back in there. We've been working a lot with the wrestling. Like, what's what's on the horizon for you? I'm uh, hoping. Like, I'm trying to get. I'm hoping I can fight again for uh, CFFC. uh, Fantastic show. BFL, I'd like to get on there too. There's yeah, they announced the card. They announced the card. CFFC is a fantastic show on Fight Pass. CFFC treated me great. but BFL's on Fight Pass too now, and it's and it's Canada. Like yeah. I'm, I'm not even trying to fight in Ontario. The Ontario Commission Crap. is brutal. I'm not even. You know there might be words, but that's not going to be till December if there's fights here. And I'm if sure you want to fight a lot If they think they're going to get anyone licensed properly in time, not going to happen. And really, should should guys during this like with like there's people waiting months for simple procedures. Now you got now you're expecting some fighter to fight. And get an EKG and EEG. Nah, I mean, and it's MRI. not happening, man. Yeah. And it's not it's not happening. And so is there anybody you'd like any sponsor, anybody before we wrap up that you like? I got to all shout the same to? sponsors. You like Thick Boy all the Kamara Wear, Perfect Sports. All your gyms where you uh, train. Pat Wilson, Rise Management's do always did well with me. Um yeah, man. Like I said, all this, all the, the same. Topo go tenth plan. We got yeah, shout out to oh, yeah. Jane, Rafa, that long lanky bastard. Uh, so yeah, um, Delgado Boxing, Mafa. They were always a family to me. Give everybody uh, your Instagram so they can check you out. And- uh, Adam Def, A D A M D E F, and yeah, yeah. Well, guys. There, um, Thank you for coming. Um, like I said, this is becoming a trend where we have a lot of people who've been transitioning from fighter to law enforcement. Like I said, I think that's what we need more of. And so, you know, it's awesome to have guys like you and kind of give that knowledge. And thank you for more not, people listen, man. Thank you for not chirping me about my weight the whole time. I'm glad this. I'm glad <laughs> I that wanted to, but the direction had, of this conversation. We a good conversation. The direction yeah. of this conversation was very professional. You didn't talk about my lack of abs. This is is Thick Boy Fight Club. We ain't weight watchers. Okay. All right. Well, guys, Thick Boy, shout out to all our sponsors. I'm Tyson the Beast. I'm Balkan Boy. Adam. Thick Gang.